you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. Here's a great headline from an online article for today's Well-Informed Parent. Why Lying is a Sign of Healthy Behavior for Children. And then there's this jaw-dropping pull quote. If you discover your two-year-old is telling a lie, instead of being alarmed, you should celebrate. So when's the last time you threw a party and killed a fattened calf for your child's lying habit? Sort of goes against everything we believe as Christian parents, doesn't it? Well, before we go ahead and debunk this article, let me give you more of the justification behind this seemingly unbiblical belief about lying. After all, the key author quoted in this article has spent more than 20 years studying how and why children lie. Now that's called specialization. So here are the main thoughts. Quote, Ongoing research at the University of Toronto suggests a link between kids who are savvy liars and their future social success. Kids with juvenile delinquencies tend to be poor liars, says Kang Lee. Kids who lie early who lie better are the kids who are going to develop normally, end quote. Yes, you heard it. We parents want our children to lie to lie early and lie well in order to be normal. If not, we will have a juvenile delinquent on our hands. Is your head hurting yet? Well, here's more. Quote, kids who aren't able to successfully lie alongside their peers tend to run into problems. Kids who develop normally tend to tell good lies. These good lies are so nicely crafted that even adults can't tell they're lying. End quote. How great is that? Then this expert in children and lying reveals his cards even further by saying, If we're going to be a thriving society, we have to learn how to lie. We are social beings and we have to work with others. In some situations, we may have to tell lies to achieve that goal. That's why we should not blindly think that honesty is the only policy. Okay, maybe he's on to something here. We live in a fallen world with sinful people. Don't we need to learn to be good liars, good sinners to survive in this world? And oh, by the way, do we need to teach our children how to lie? Or do they learn that all on their own? Well, here are some final fascinating quotes from this article. Just drink them in with me for a moment. Quote, it's so paradoxical. On one hand, we try to socialize kids to be honest. But if they're brutally honest, something's likely going to be wrong with them. We have a collective investment with dishonesty. Lying oils the wheels of social interaction. A measure of dishonesty isn't optional. It's necessary. And finally, in order to do well in the social world, we need to deceive ourselves and project a shiny image of ourselves to others, end quote. Now, we're getting a little closer to the truth of how lying is foundational for pagans to live in a fallen world. 
But is this the course we need to design for our children so they can fit in and fully function in this life? Or does God's word give us the truth about lying? Well, let's dig down deep into dealing with black and even white lies in parenting our children biblically. Now, the article I just referenced may appear just to be crazy talk at first glance, but it actually clearly illuminates the stark contrast between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Following the father of lies, the devil, the only way to survive under his rule is to become a savvy liar as well as a self-deceiver. So in this sense, the expert on childhood lying has it exactly and profoundly right. But we want our children to live in the kingdom of God, to be trained to live under the lordship of Christ, not the false reign of a lying devil. Yet we must also recognize a few other variables here. First, our children are sinners, born with the ability and the desire to lie when necessary. Second, we as their parents can also lie in various ways, even to our children. Third, our children and we ourselves have to live in this world of lies as truth-telling outcasts and misfits, potentially. So these variables can make even Christians try to distinguish between white lies and true black lies or try to shade everything to be just a bit gray. We, too, can think there's something wrong with being so-called brutally honest or telling the truth, all the truth, and nothing but the truth. But yet again, the Bible is the great corrective to the world's ways and even our own sinful opinions as well. We need to instruct and discipline our children who are lying according to God's ways. Then let's move on to talk about the seven most common types of childhood lying patterns along with ways to address them according to biblical principles. First, lying to cover a sin or a mistake. Well, this, of course, is the most common reason for children to lie to parents. And why wouldn't they lie? Who wants their sin exposed? Little Johnny breaks his mother's vase but lies and says he didn't do it. Little Sally hits her sister, but repeatedly denies doing it, even when her sister has the red marks to prove it. Andy tells you he cleaned his room, only for you to come home and find out he did not. These are the lies that cover sin. Some of them can be almost humorous because they are so obvious lies. Yet over time, our children can get more devious, telling lies that become very believable. So what are good biblical discipline practices and principles here? First, as a demonstration of grace, tell them how understandable it is to lie to cover sin. From the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, people lie and deceive to cover over sin. We don't want to face our guilt. We feel ashamed and embarrassed for our sins. We also want to avoid punishment, of course. So with kindness and compassion, talk to your child about the human, yet sinful, tendency to hide our sin, to hide our errors, and even our mistakes. We just don't want anyone to know. Secondly, talk about how covering with a lie only makes things worse. We all know this to be true, but it doesn't typically inspire us to tell the truth. 
we'd rather pridefully believe we can get away with it and no one will know. But covering our sin makes things worse in many ways, especially in relationships. A child's relationship to God as well as to their parents and to others who get caught up in the sin. So as painful as it is, teach your child to confess sins when confronted and confess fully and completely. True confessions are necessary for repentance and heart change to occur. Covering just brings more discipline and consequences. Thirdly, use the opportunity to talk about atonement. What our sins need is for the blood of Christ to cover them, not our lies to cover up. Atonement, by definition, is the work of Christ to cover over our sins, to forgive them, and to wash them clean. Lying to cover up sins simply denies the atoning work of Christ. Denying the truth only keeps the lie powerful and persistent in our lives. Finally, make sure there are consequences for the sin and for the lying. To begin to learn to stop lying and to speak the truth, children need to be disciplined for the cover-up as well as for the sin. Now, if the child confesses fully, then there can be mercy for that, as well as praise and encouragement in his or her growth as a truth-teller. But if a lie is told, and especially lie upon lie, that requires punishment. So, for example, Johnny breaking the vase. Natural consequences for that mistake may be just understanding and mercy. Or, if he has been careless, maybe having to work and pay off mom and dad for the vase to replace it. But the lie is sinful. So, it could require a spanking or a loss of privilege or work detail of some kind. Just make sure your child understands the separation of discipline and how one could have been avoided if the truth was told. Here's a good verse to share with your child from Proverbs 12:22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Our second type of lying is lying by, quote, telling stories. Our younger children can have great imaginations and have trouble making distinctions between reality and fantasy sometimes. They can readily believe in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy, and that they're all real, even though none of their stories make factual sense. They can engage with imaginary friends, imaginary pets, and have imaginary events even in their life. Most of these activities are harmless parts of early childhood. But what happens when your child forms a habit of making up things, or what is commonly called telling stories. When do these rise to the level of lying? Here are some ways to address this form of lying with your child. First, acknowledge that imagination is a good thing. We want our child to exercise their creativity and to engage in fantasy appropriately. So when your child is using his or her imagination, encourage it. Don't dismiss it. Secondly, then, teach the difference between fantasy and reality. Ask your child, is this a made-up story or is it real? If he adamantly defends it as real, even though it is imaginary, then you must firmly teach him the difference. Now he is actually lying and must be disciplined for it. Hopefully your child backs down and admits it has been all made up. 
Again, imagination is fine, but we don't want our children living in a fantasy world. Which leads to the last point. You may need to dig into why your child is escaping reality way too much. This will especially be the case at older ages. Real life may just be too hard, but you must teach your child that it is still what is real. You can't escape it. You can only rest in the Lord to lead you through this life. Again, making up stories that are not true is fine as long as a child recognizes them as not true. But once the lines get blurred, you need to help your child recognize what is true from what is not true. Here's another good proverb to share with your child, Proverbs 23, 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. A life of truth means being wise and understanding about life. So let's go on to a third related form of lying that children are most prone to do, and that's lying by exaggeration. Here's a nice definition of exaggeration. A statement that represents something as better or worse than it really is. It has been called such things as stretching the truth or overstating the facts or even telling fish stories. Now, some of us older folks end up exaggerating because we just can't remember as well as we used to. We can all misrepresent the facts by accident from time to time. But purposely exaggerating is another story. It must be considered a lie and not just a harmless stretching of the truth. So here are some important principles. First, you need to explore why your child is exaggerating. Most commonly, children want to look good in front of others to make friends or to impress others. In this case, exaggeration stems from sinful pride. But your child may also be exaggerating because he or she fears rejection with a heart filled with anxiety due to being isolated and alone. Then there are other children who are just brash, brazen, and egotistical. Of course, this is the most obvious form of pride that we consider as arrogance. Exaggeration gives us a window into the heart of a child, allowing us to confront that pride or fear or arrogance. Secondly, address the relational consequence of exaggeration. Once your child's friends figure out he or she is exaggerating much of the time, they will find it hard to believe anything he or she says in the future. This is the classic boy who cried wolf scenario, which only tunes people out. So if your child is attempting to fit in or find friends or impress people, the opposite inevitably will happen at some point. Maybe your child is already there and has been labeled a liar by his peers. This is a painful lesson and a hard reputation to overcome. So talk through the relational consequence and how it really isn't showing love for others. It is rooted in a love of self, ultimately. Thirdly, talk about the integrity of truth-telling. As exciting as exaggerating may make the story, more interesting than the real facts, is it worth it to add something untrue to what is true? Our integrity as people and as Christians is rooted in honesty and truthfulness. If we want to be believed, we have to always speak truth. Your child who regularly exaggerates is developing an identity 
that is not one of integrity, which means it is not real. It is fake and disingenuine. They need to know that God is not honored when we are trying to make ourselves seem better than we are or adding to the reality of our lives in false ways. Again, as we read in Proverbs, Proverbs 12, 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. We want our children to see the future hope of truth-telling and resist the temporary pleasure of exaggerating to their friends. So let's go through a couple more common types of lying. The fourth one is lying by omission. Here's a way for our child never to lie to us again. Just don't ever open your mouth. Or, as the old joke goes, I only know you are lying when your lips are moving. But simply not speaking will not keep our children from lying to us. Unfortunately, they often lie more by what they do not tell us than what they do tell us. And in this way, they begin down the road of a life of deception, living a hidden life, a secret life in the shadows, shading the truth and controlling what is being told or not told. Now, that might sound ominous, but it's why our children need to be taught the difference between not lying and becoming a truth teller. If all we tell them to do is don't lie to me ever again, that's not equivalent to tell me the whole truth. So let's walk through some more biblical principles here. First, we acknowledge the temptation to withhold information. It's easy to tell part of what happened or only some of what I did wrong. It is tempting to cop to a lesser charge, to put it in police language. But omitting the truth must be recognized as the same thing as lying. It emerges from the desire to deceive or to mislead. So omitting truth is not an option for Christians, as we are to be truth tellers. Second, talk to your child about openness. What we want to cultivate in the parent-child relationship is not just honesty, but openness and honesty. Openness allows us to trust each other, humanly speaking, to understand each other, and to know each other. A child who is not open and often omits the truth is acting like an orphan, living life alone, always needing to protect self. Openness requires vulnerability. For a child, it brings the risk of discipline and punishment at times. But in the long run, it is the only way to walk before our Lord. Thirdly, being a truth teller is an active pursuit. The ultimate goal is for our children to desire to speak truth. We shouldn't have to pull the truth out of them. But they do have stubborn hearts, fearful hearts, that we will need to overcome. Urge your child to be proactive in telling the truth instead of waiting passively to be asked or to be pressed into it. This is a big step of maturity to become a truth teller and to not keep holding back information from us as parents. Again, omitting truth is the same thing as telling a lie. Your child needs to see that it brings the same consequences into their lives. Finally, help them understand that they don't need to confess every thought that pops into their heads. This is often described as a person being brutally honest. 
For example, your child looks at your new hairdo and says, that looks ugly. While this may be a truthful statement, it is unloving and borders on disrespect of parents as well. There are many times we do keep thoughts to ourselves out of love and compassion for others. Some children need to learn that this is different than being a truth teller. In other words, guide your child to couple truth with love and wisdom. God's word tells us to speak the truth only in love. We are to build others up with the truth, not tear them down with it. Omitting truth to deceive is different than being wise on how to share difficult truths to people. Now, here's another sort of lying which impacts relationships greatly. Lying by gossip or by being a false witness. Bearing false witness or giving false testimony against our neighbors is clearly forbidden in the Ten Commandments and throughout God's Word. To lie about someone else, their activities, or their very person is one of the ultimate acts of hate. It is an attempt to murder their reputation. But unfortunately, gossiping about other people seems to be more socially acceptable among Christians. It often doesn't feel as bad as bearing false witness, especially if we are actually saying true things about another person, right? So how do we talk to our children about this sort of lying? First, by confessing our own struggle with gossip. Maybe your child is quite used to hearing you talk negatively about other people, family, friends, or even people in the church. So he or she is just picking up on that habit and beginning to gossip about their friends as well. Commit to work together to not develop a lifestyle of the gossip as a family. A person who is willing to pass on information that may or may not be confirmed as true. And most all the time, it is only partial truth without much context at all. Secondly, talk about what motivates the desire to gossip against others. Is it a way to build self up as we tear down others? Is it a desire to expose people so others won't have such a high and possibly wrong opinion of the person? Or is it revenge, payback, anger, and unforgiveness? All of these are sins that must be addressed in the heart of our child. So in this way, gossip is just a symptom that leads us to work on more challenging sins in our child's life. Thirdly, talk about the consequences of gossip. Do you like being gossiped about? No one likes to be the subject of gossip. So why are you gossiping about this person? As with other forms of lying, there certainly are relational consequences for gossiping. What happens when your friend or even your enemy finds out you've been talking about them in a destructive way behind their backs? Our tongues can literally destroy people's lives. Gossip, again, can murder a reputation. Children of God are supposed to be speaking kind and humble words about others, desiring for others to be thought highly of. Fourthly, address the confusion with just telling the truth. Your child may not realize that he is gossiping, but excusing it as passing on truth. He needs to learn that even if it is true in his mind, there are several problems with this. First, it is rarely the whole truth about a person. Second, you do not have permission to share this truth with another. You are presuming that the person would allow it. 
Third, what is your intention for sharing it in the first place? And fourth, you may actually be bearing false witness and not realizing it. So caution your children, be slow to speak about other people in ways that hurt and harm. Again, if it comes from a heart of revenge or malice, that must be addressed as well. And then finally, there must be consequences, especially for bearing false witness. If you discover your child is gossiping and lying, he must be directed to go and apologize and confess his sin to the one he gossiped about. Now, this is very tough. Even we adults don't usually want to do this. If you really want to deal with gossip biblically, then it must be confronted and disciplined. Here are just a couple of verses to share with your children. Proverbs 26, 28. A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Or Proverbs 14, 25. A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out lies is deceitful. Let's tackle just two more related and more difficult lying situations with our children. The sixth one is self-deception. Now, in some ways, we are all self-deceived, aren't we? We like to believe the best of ourselves and ignore the difficult sins in our lives. So it is part of our sinful nature to self-deceive, to either think too highly of ourselves or much too low of ourselves. This often falls under the category of low self-esteem or a poor self-image. So here are just a few thoughts to consider. First, you'll need to recognize self-deception in your child's heart. Look for how your child is speaking of himself. Is he too harsh a critic or is he regularly boasting or bragging? Again, you're seeking to see if they are believing lies about self. What you may see first is depression or despair or anger or fear. Self-deception only produces confusion in the attempt to discover identity. So seek to understand what your child is believing about himself. Then, confront your child with the truth. This is not the same thing as just praising your child or trying to raise his self-esteem. It is telling him or her what God thinks about him or her. So if Johnny says, I'm a loser, or I'm stupid, or no one likes me, these are broad lies that need to be confronted with the truth. Again, there are deeper heart issues, which I'll address in other podcasts, but the lies that come from their tongues must never be ignored. He or she may not believe the truth, but it still must be spoken over and over again. Finally, pray with your child about their minds and what they believe. Satan is the father of lies and wants your child to stay deceived, to stay confused about self. So regularly pray with and for your child that he will see the light and believe the truth. We want our children to have an accurate view of self where they see their sin, but they also know they're made in the image of God and are loved as adopted children of God when they put their faith in Jesus. Continue to help them in the battle for their minds. And then one final lying problem for today. Believing lies about God and other people. Your child talks about how God doesn't care about him or love him. 
or she talks about how other people don't love her or that you only love her because you have to as a parent. Being deceived about God and other people is a desperate lost place for our children to be. It'll break your heart to hear how your child thinks when he is believing these lies. So all the principles we have spoken about in this podcast apply here. Confront lies about God and others. Speak the truth directly from God's word. Pray that the Holy Spirit will convict hearts. Look for what is really going on in the heart of your child. Fear, anxiety, anger, or pride. What you will often see in your child is an orphan mentality. A person walking alone, feeling isolated, striving to be independent from God and others. Maybe your child has been deeply hurt by siblings or friends or enemies. Maybe your own lack of love as a parent has had its consequences. Your job is to speak the truth about who God is and who other people are so that your child will not continue to believe Satan's lies. These are the blackest and darkest of lies that shape our children for their entire future. So in conclusion... Are there really such things as white lies? Do we want our children to learn to be good liars so they can survive in this fallen world of ours? Or do we want something greater for them, for them to be shining lights of truth in a dark world, to become truth tellers even when it's hard and even when it hurts, to learn to speak the truth in love and not live as gossipers and false witnesses? to not cover over their sin with lies, but enjoy the covering of the blood of Christ for our sins. We all have work to do when it comes to addressing the black and white lies of childhood so we can keep their hearts from shading everything into gray. As God's word tells us, the truth is what sets us free as the truth is in Jesus, and he frees us from our lies, our deceptions, and our manipulations. Parent your child on this issue with love and grace, walking humbly in the truth. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.